asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Let's be honest, the first place our family turns to when we're looking for a quick getaway is always Airbnb. I know we can find an amazing place to stay at the beach, like St. Simons on the Georgia coast, for instance. Mm -hmm. It's one of our favorite spots. That's what comes to mind, Matt, when I'm thinking about travel. And while you're staying at someone else's home, have you ever thought about what you could be doing with your own home? That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you are away because that is all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room if you've got one. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. All right, so hopefully folks aren't tired of hearing my voice first, which means that we've got a bestie episode lined up for you. In this case, well, this will be the end of our little run here of uh, some of your time down there in Florida, while my family and I, we uh, figure some other stuff out to do. Back to original programming. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> Very soon. Here so. on the next episode. Yeah. But this episode that we're going to uh, re-air is, is one of my favorites because you and I, there's... It's so good. So many people point to the fact that you need a financial advisor or something like that. But And it's not that it's not helpful for some folks, but uh, in reality, you and I, we believe that a financial coach can be so much more helpful. Yeah, a financial and, coach as opposed to an advisor like yeah. us. Yeah. Less expensive and more likely to be able to help you with some of those day-to-day -day money things. Like you're learning instead of just kind of having someone take over uh, for, on your behalf. And sure. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, well, and, and so much Erica, of by the way, is mm -hmm. one of the coolest, best financial coaches out there. So Yeah, absolutely. It, well, I think one of the differences too is like there's a difference between just knowing some of the rules, which is what CFPs oftentimes are focused on, as opposed to the behavior. Yeah. And that's one of the things that Erica addresses in this, in this conversation. And it still resonates with me because I, I remember we talked about, well, why can't you just get a friend? Because you and I, we're buds. Mm -hmm. Why can't you just get a friend to hold you responsible? Like they're impacting your behavior, but she had a fantastic answer as to why it is that she is going to be more effective yeah. than even your best bud. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes, sometimes you just need someone to walk alongside you mm -hmm. for all those specific questions that come up along the way as you're making progress. And a financial coach can be just that. And so, exactly. yeah, if you want to hear from one of the best ones out there, uh, someone with a lot of wisdom and a lot of perspective, make sure to listen to this episode there's a lot of great advice in it so yeah let's get to that combo with erica taylor here we go welcome to how to money i'm joel and i am matt and today we're talking why you need a money coach in your corner with erica young So our guest today, Erica Young, is the financial coach that she never had. As a newlywed couple, Erica and her husband, they discovered that it's actually pretty easy to become just like the average U.S. household that now has over $150,000 in debt. Uh, it's the norm, honestly. And if you don't have a plan to avoid debt, you're going to likely find yourself falling into that trap. But that is not the path that Erica continued along with. She was determined to change her family tree. And now she helps others who are seeking financial freedom in their lives. Erica started her company, Tailored Made Budgets, where she creates custom plans for her clients that give them the tools and the knowledge to cut their stress levels by increasing their savings and decreasing their debt. That is what we're talking about today. Erica, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Erica, we're glad to have you. And the first question we ask everybody who comes on the show is what they like to splurge on, because that kind of tells us something about the guest pretty quickly. Matt and I, we like to splurge on beer. Everybody knows that. But what is it that you like to splurge on in the here and now while you're being smart with your money, you're saving and investing still for your future? 
Yeah, well, I love vacations. And I don't just like a little getaway. I mean, those are fine. Those are fine. But I like to spend good money on great food, mm. a beautiful, like a villa. I, I typically Ooh. will go in with some friends, do a couple's trip, and we do the biggest and best that we can, honestly, okay, by right. um, renting. Yeah, like, so that is my little guilty pleasure. I will spend lots of money on vacation, and I plan to do that for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Mix. I want to travel with uh, I, Erica's crew me, now. Me too. I'm, I'm like, I'm, we're so used to just like sort of slumming it. <laughs> like, we go to the beach often. I mean, every, every summer we go to the beach together with our families, and it's a fine balance between finding the absolute cheapest place, but something that's <laughs> nice enough to keep our families happy, but preferably not roach infested, but. but, but nothing that we would call a villa yeah uh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. we haven't done the villa thing that sounds nice That's oh like my a, gosh it's great it's so much level. fun and it's so much more you know economical when you've got a bunch of people with you yeah so, so that so is we, very true when you do this how many uh how many couples typically do you like to like it, i feel like there's an optimal range because uh-huh. above a certain amount it starts there's there's drama they may they may as well be filming because we're gonna make this That's reality true. show <laughs> you are correct about right? that now okay. last year we did six couples but right. I've been on I've been on a cruise with fifteen. Oh, so <laughs> 15, fifteen couples. Yes. Okay. Yes. So cruise you can facilitate that a lot easier. But what I'll say is, I mean, you know, you just take people you like, and then you have to weed <laughs> out those that don't work so well. <laughs> right. Right. It's amazing too how people that you like uh, at home. Maybe you don't travel uh, the same with them. So you have to kind of figure out who, it, who makes a good travel ex- companion. It, Not every exactly. good buddy actually turns out to be a great travel travel buddy. That's true, too. Yeah. I have learned that as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully you're able to remain friends with America, uh, even yes. though it didn't work out at the villa. But let, <laughs> let's talk about debt, uh, because you and your husband, y'all were newlyweds, uh, and you were like around $90,000 in debt. Uh, mm-hmm. So we want to hear your story a little bit here. What kinds of debt uh, had you racked up? And, and specifically, too, how did you get to the point where you realized that having that much debt, that that was a problem for y'all? Honestly, we were pretty normal. I mean, this was 20, going on 25 years ago, to be honest, and we were normal. We had credit card debt. Between the two of us, we had about seven credit cards. None of them were super duper high, but when you've got that many, it's a lot lot to juggle. And then Mm -hmm. we also had car debt, two cars between us. Um, And we had student loans, which was the biggest portion of it. So more than half of that 90,000 was in student loans. And that was normal. Honestly, everyone expects to have a car note. Everybody expects to have a credit card or two. And then, of course, you can't get out of college, quote unquote, without college debt. So hmm. it was pretty normal. We didn't have anything that we were really overspending on. This is actually how we started our life. We got out of college and this is what we had. It wasn't abnormal at the time. And right. so that's part of the challenge is that we're told that it's OK. And so we do it. And when I was an engineer working in corporate America and my husband was a sales professional, there were a few moments in those early months of our relationship when we got married that we realized, hold on a second, there's so much more month left and we don't have enough money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so between the car payments and the student loans and all that, we started to realize, gosh, there's not a whole lot left, even though we're working professionals, you know? And so we we realized that we needed a game plan. And um, that's when we started to have the revelation that, man, if I can't go to lunch with my coworkers and I'm an engineer, there's a bigger problem hmm. here. Because um, it's not like your we, salary was crummy as an engineer. Like you exactly. probably were making decent money. Exactly, exactly. And so, but we also had decent debt, right? So our debt payments amounted to over $1,000 a month. And then you add on that we had a baby quick, you know, in the first year and a half of our marriage. And then we had another one three, four years later. And so, you know, you start compounding these things and life is expensive and you're not sure what you're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, we quickly realized, I mean, honestly, I'm kind of glad that it happened early because we were foolish enough to believe that anything was possible. So we went after it and that you know, forced us to get real with our money early on when a lot of my clients today, they have waited until their 40s and 50s and they're uh-huh. like, oh my gosh, my kids are going to college and now I need to get my act together. So, you know, there are benefits to tripping over yourself early in life. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Learning some lessons uh, before you get too far along. I love what you said that you said we were pretty normal and there's so many people that 
have a, you know tens of thousands of dollars worth of student loan debt and they're like I see the headlines I'm not as bad off as some of those folks and and they've got a little bit of credit card de- uh, debt here they got a little bit of of car debt over here and it's like well that but that's normal right I'm actually maybe I'm doing a little bit better than average even but you began to realize that this wasn't the normal you wanted to live in so so how did how did you and your husbands and young kiddos how did y'all start tackling that debt what was your approach to paying it down well, the first thing that my husband did was he actually took my credit card away from me because <laughs> I was the one that time was... For confession. Yes, this was confession time. Like I, I was swiping that card to have lunch. I was swiping that card to do the things that did not fit inside of our normal routine or what we could use in our checking account. And and so I, I it was confession time and I had to share mm-hmm. that because honestly I can't we can't continue to go into debt if we're really trying to get out. So something has to stop here. And so that was you know a real honest moment that we had to have. And so he literally put it in a bowl of ice <laughs> and well put it in a bowl of water, put it in the freezer so that it could turn into ice. And it was before those times when you plugged in your account number or your debit card number into Amazon Didn't or you have had the auto it memorized. <laughs> you were physically swiping. Yeah. Exactly. And so that was the restraint, you know, and the physical representation of we're not doing this anymore. And then honestly, we just added up all of our expenses. I mean, a lot of people are very nervous to add up and look at and face how much they spend on a monthly basis. Uh-huh. And when we did that, we realized there was opportunity. It wasn't what we thought it was going to look like and we had to face that and just say okay so now what we're what are we going to do about it so i think a reality check is the very first step mm. for lots of people that's true yeah so okay so as you started down this this path did you have any setbacks along the way well i'm going to go ahead and, and, and kind of reveal I'll, I'll spill the beans because i know you had some car issues you had some car problems and, and you did have to go back into debt yes. <laughs> uh, yes. but i guess what i specifically want to know is how did you keep that from derailing you because i think sometimes when you've got this uh-huh. you've got this goal up ahead of you and you know this is something you want to achieve but then you kind of get hit with this hurdle uh something it, can, it might derail you a little bit so i want to know how you were able to overcome that and continue pressing on towards that goal of yours yeah, yeah. So our car died. Our car died and had it needed an engine. <laughs> and we did not have the $1,000 that was needed in order for us to get that car resurrected. And mm. so we went without a car for a season, really just a month when I was with the new child and my husband was able to go to work. But then we got another car you know, loan. And so what we realized was, man, okay, so if we're not prepared, then that means we go further into debt. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the last straw that was the last Hmm. thing that we said all right we had to add this to our debt that's what put us over that 90,000 and so we said all right let's let's figure this out we added everything up and we just said we can't be back in this place again where we are unprepared meaning we don't have anything in savings and we can't weather an emergency Hmm. and so that was the first thing we did was get a little bit of an emergency fund so that we didn't have to depend on credit cards and then we started tackling the debt seriously at that point so that we you know could reduce our expenses because honestly having over a thousand or twelve hundred dollars a month going out in payments was also why we couldn't afford to get the car fixed Mm -hmm. and so those are the things that we started to realize and say okay early on if we get this right now then maybe we don't have to return to this place again i love it yeah so it sounds like instead of that instead of that hampering your ability to reach that goal it just poured some fuel on the fire (laughs) and it caused you to maybe get after it even more than you were before it did yeah and i think we were also committed to the fact that you know, we wanted something different than what we grew up with. The truth of the matter is that both of my husband and I came from single parent households and we saw our mom struggle and we said, Mm. well, we've got two incomes. We should be able to do a little bit better than that. Right. We, and so we knew that there was something to this, but we couldn't, you know, we tripped over ourselves a little bit in the beginning, but it takes determination and it takes resolved. And so we were Mm. on the same page where that was concerned. Sometimes the methods weren't exactly the same (laughs) um, because you're never going to always agree, 
But it was good to know that like we had the same type of foundation because we really just wanted to make sure that we had a better future for our kids than what we had. Yeah, it's good to know. And Matt and I have talked about this before. Being on the same team, recognizing that you're on the same team, when a yes. setback happens, it keeps you from pointing fingers at each other. You're like, yes. wait a second, we're on the same team. This setback affects us both. And so yes. let's find a way to overcome this hurdle together. And I got to say, sometimes I'm uh, overly optimistic. My, my wife tells me that often. Like She loves my optimism, but she's also like, it also grates on me sometimes because <laughs> you're completely unrealistic and so I have to realize too that when I'm saying oh it's going to take me 30 minutes to do this repair around the house knowing that it's probably actually in all likelihood going to take me an hour and a half <laughs> to yep. do that task sometimes <laughs> it, when it comes to a debt payoff plan you have to have a little bit of realism so that that one hurdle it doesn't send you reeling um, and so knowing uh, build, building in some place for imperfection I think is important yeah. in that plan too right Right, absolutely. And don't expect for perfection from your partner. Yeah. Because you know that you aren't perfect either, right? Like it's super easy to point a finger at someone else because you can see their flaws. You don't want anyone to see yours. Right. And right. so I, I love the fact that you even said, you know, we, we have to remember that we're a team. One of the things my husband still does to this day is say out loud, we're on the same team. Like he mm. says it to remind himself and to remind me we're on the same team. We want to go the same place. And so while we may not agree on sometimes the method, that still means that we need to figure out how we're going to get, we're going to, you know, where we're going to go together. So, okay. So it took you how long uh, in order to pay off that debt? And how did you celebrate at the end of that debt payoff? Did you rent a <laughs> villa? What'd you do? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, it took us about five years. We had two kids in that time. We had another setback was my husband got laid off. You know, mm. we've had a lot. We had a family loss where we had emergencies. We had to use our emergency mm. fund and all of that. So there was a lot going on in there. Um, I do think and this is the reason why I do what I do. I do think that we could have made some different decisions and gotten it paid off a little bit faster if we had a coach. Um, and that's why I jumped in to do this work is to help people to avoid some of the pitfalls so that they can, right. too can get out of debt faster than they would have on their own. And we celebrated along the way. I'll be very honest and say when we paid off a car, we celebrated. There you go. And so nice. for us, you know, sometimes that was just a nice fancy dinner. When we paid everything off, honestly, I walked away from my job. Like that was the biggest thing was <laughs> that, that I could leave that position and start the work that I wanted to do myself. And so that was a huge financial change in our house, but it was one of the biggest reasons why getting out of debt was so critical for us because mm. um, it just created an opening for us to be able to, you know, change the way we do life. and. I've not looked back. It's been <laughs> 17 years oh, wow. and I have no regrets at all. Um, no, I wasn't making today's money back then when I first started, yeah. but because we were out of debt, <laughs> we bet. could do it. And, yeah. you know, with little kids, sometimes that's the biggest thing that you need is to be able to have some flexibility. Uh huh. I bet. Yeah. So, I mean, was that difficult to, to kind of transition from that nicer, high paying engineer job where you're going out to lunch or, or maybe not because <laughs> yep. your credit cards were frozen <laughs> at that point, uh, bringing those leftovers to work. That's how I roll. Uh, but... E even still, like even when you eliminate those those you know a thousand bucks a month in debt payments, I'm sure, sure. you're making more than twelve thousand dollars a right. year. Yeah. Like you are going yep. to feel that impact of of losing that income. Was that difficult for you to to know that you're taking a, a hit when it came to your income? It was an adjustment. It, okay. it was definitely an adjustment, and it took a couple of years, in all truth, to get the business off and running the way I wanted it to. But I didn't. I honestly didn't leave until I did have some income in the business. It just didn't replace the whole amount. And so, yeah, I think, honestly, I know this sounds crazy, but one of the bigger sacrifices that we made during that time was that I couldn't invest in my retirement, right? So I wasn't doing that, and that was something that I had previously been doing. And one of the biggest pieces of advice I would give someone is probably have a bigger emergency fund than I had. Mm, so uh -huh. um, that so part- What did y'all you, you have at the time? Yeah, About at the time, months? oh my gosh, we had solidly three months. Like we didn't have okay. like a whole year or anything That's not like bad. that. Three's good. Um, yeah, and so we, so I would, if you're going to become an entrepreneur and you're not really sure what your income is going to look like, I would definitely expand that at least six months, if yeah, not yeah. 12, um, just hmm. to be on the safe side. For me, that would have meant staying longer um, at work. And we probably could have made that happen. 
but I really felt strongly that it was time for me to go. And so I now advise people to do what I, I didn't know to do, mm -hmm. um, which is to have more money saved. But, you know, I think honestly, I still have no regrets because it's, it's been a great ride and, nice. um, it was the time that I needed to go. And quite frankly, uh, we've been able to overcome that right yeah. so it just took a little bit it's slow we slowed down for it's a not the ideal years. way to do it but you got sure. through it and then sure. now you're coaching other people to do it even better which i love and, and i love what you too just that reality the realization that that a uh, an emergency fund that's even specific to an individual or an individual situation sure. it's like hey you, you're going to want you want to quit your job and become an entrepreneur you need yep. more runway uh that's you need right. more financial backup but let's say you dual income uh, great jobs that aren't going anywhere. You, no you can have, yeah, you can have a smaller emergency fund, and that's okay. Sure. Um, yep. I want, I want to ask you too about that transition to coaching that you talked about. You know, you, you talked about it took me five years. I, I think we could have done it faster. I want to basically help other people learn from the things that I was learning along the way. That if I had known that from the get go, it probably would have happened a little bit quicker. Talk to me more about like how that fostered in you that desire to help others and what actually like kind of plunged you into you know what I have to do this full time as a job yeah well what's interesting is that because of our journey I had people asking me questions I wasn't silent mm. about the fact that we were trying to get out of debt so there nice. would be times where we would say no to things or we would say yes to something different or we were taking a class or I was reading a book but I was immersing myself in the work of trying to figure out how to get out and stay out of debt I was talking about my budget I was vocal and so people would ask me questions my pastor asked me a question he said hey would you help somebody else do what you are doing there you go. I said sure absolutely and so the first couple of clients, two or three people that I worked with were pro bono just to kind of see if I liked it. Mm -hmm. And in that time, I was like, I loved seeing the light bulb come on. At that time, hmm. I was actually going to someone's house <laughs> yeah. and we were looking at their bank statements on the table. And when there would be a pivotal moment, like, did you know that your dining out is $500 a month? <laughs> Did you know that your kids' activities was costing you this much? And the light bulb comes on and they're like, wow, I had no idea. I thought it was so much less than that. Yeah. And then they start to realize why things have been so challenging. Um, I used to, go, I actually went into someone's home and I saw immediately why they were in debt. They were not a hoarder necessarily, but they had <laughs> tons and tons of things for their kids Ooh. all over the place. And Stuff. so it was very obvious. Yeah, and so yeah. those are things that looking back give perspective to why people need somebody somebody to walk with them uh -huh. through the process versus just saying oh i can do this on my own mm. and most of the time people don't do it on their own they say they're going to do it they're like oh i'm going to give this a month and i'm going to see if i can do it myself and then they realize they've done absolutely nothing <laughs> no progress and so accountability is huge in getting people to move the needle I love that. That's, that's so good. I mean, accountability, there's many other reasons too why it might make sense to have a financial coach in your corner. We're going to talk all about coaching, what it entails. We'll get to all that right after this break. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. That's why you listen to this podcast. And if you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade, lounge access... Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000 plus five-star reviews. 
It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Cachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using cachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out cachava. Just go to cachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money joel so we were just recounting our trip to scotland this is the trip that we took this time last year actually with some of our friends over the weekend and one of the highlights from edinburgh was stumbling upon the absolute best meat pie shop. Mm-hmm. They were fresh out of the oven. They had that perfectly flaky crust. But guess what? That serendipitous experience would never have happened if we'd stayed at a boring hotel. We had found the perfect flat in the coolest part of town, thanks to Airbnb. Ah, oh, man. I'm still dreaming about those meat pies. You're making, my, <laughs> you're making me drool. And while turning to Airbnb might be a no-brainer when you're looking to spend some money on travel, it might not be the first thing you think of when you're looking to make some money. Why let it sit empty, your house, when it could be earning extra income, though? It's the financially smart thing to do. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra dough. Yeah, that's right. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. All right, we are back from the break. We're still talking with Erica Young about why you need a money coach in your corner. And I think, I mean, Erica, you just set it up perfectly, right? That, that we, we always say we're going to do something. Getting around to it is another matter. I am maybe the king of that. Uh, remember, go back, going back to my college days, my procrastination levels were <laughs> basically superior to anyone else's. And so uh, I want to I know, though, from you, like, what are the signs maybe that someone needs the help of a financial coach who maybe uh, like how, how can someone know that they they should stop trying to do it on their own and that they really just do, do need to outsource it they need to hire someone to kind of you know k- give them the right kick in the butt yeah well the one of the very first signs is that you have debt that hasn't moved uh-huh. um, your debt is either stagnant or it's growing and so um, if you're not making progress in that area that's a that's one sign another one is wishful or magical thinking so we like to believe that we are better than we are that we can do this ourselves or that at some point just like with weight loss we're like oh I want to lose 10 pounds and then we're magically like oh it's going to take me this amount of time well not if you don't change something (laughs) right (laughs) like we're wishful thinking about lots of things in our life and so that could be also something to wake up to. And then, honestly, I would say, you know, if you realize that there are things in your life that you want, but you haven't been able to achieve, so going on a nice vacation, having an emergency fund, um, giving to organizations or being a part of something bigger than yourself. Mm -hmm. And those things have not been able to happen. You're realizing that your, your goals are bigger than your want to, your Mm -hmm. actions are not lining up with the vision that you have. And so sometimes a coach can help you realize that what's missing really and you know the 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 little kick in the tush that you need in order to like get started so that's having somebody on your team side by side with you who's been down the road and i've worked with hundreds of people um it, it just helps you to see what you can't see i mean sometimes we're just blind to what's really in the way Absolutely. Where maybe we could see what's going on in other people's lives. It's like, oh, they <laughs> yeah. should stop so spending money easier. on this. Right. Yep. But when it comes to what you're spending your money on, uh, it can be difficult to to recognize. And so, yeah, I mean, you, you're, you're basically saying this, and you said this before the break, but it sounds like like that reality check is the first thing that, that folks need to do. Yeah. Do, you, do you have other, like, do you have different tactics that you take with different folks who come to you? Or, like, is it 100% customizable? When you're coaching somebody or yeah, like, are there a few steps that everyone should follow? Yeah, there are steps everyone should follow. It's customizable once I get to know who you are. So one, the reality check where you look at all of your income and all of your outgo expenses specifically need to be broken down by category. Look at that first. I typically say have a glass of wine, get some chocolate, put on some mood music or have a (laughs) candle burning something to make you kind of get into that good mood. But that's the first thing. And then 
I actually have an assessment that I do with people to understand their behaviors and their habits around money. And so there's a checklist, if you will, you kind of go through and rate everything. And I think it's really important for under, people to understand hmm. what their behaviors currently are, assess what's really going on here. That's huge. I also think that adding up your debt and and by that you might have to go look at your credit report to make sure you're not missing anything but face where you are because if you don't do that you don't know how you can get to where you really need to be it's kind of like the gps lady she has to locate you right (laughs) where you are today before you put in that address of where you're trying to go so that you can get the straightest quickest path there but you can't get there if she doesn't know where you are. So we've got to locate where you are first. And sometimes that's the hardest part. Once people are able to face that, then they're like, okay, I think I'm open now to hearing what Erica has to say about mm-hmm. how we're going to get this done. Yeah. Sometimes you got to take like all of the gloss, all of the sheen off, and you got to like look at all those <laughs> naked numbers and all, right. all of them, not hiding anything, right? Yeah. So that you can get a full scope of what actually needs to happen. And uh, Erica, your coaching business is called Tailor Made Budgets. That's right. And so it, it makes me think like, wh- what does it take to create a budget that actually helps people? Because some people are scared of the word budget they think of it as like a four-letter word so um, how do you help people create a budget that they actually use not one that just kind of like looks good in an excel file that gets quickly abandoned yeah one of the biggest things is to to know the family know the household um, understand are there medical um, things going on in the house or understand you know how old the children are if there are kids in the house understand what the goals are where do you see yourself in six months why is this important making it customized to that household. No budget should be exactly like the neighbor. And so it's it's important to understand who it is that I'm working with and make it realistic for them. So for instance, if people have an affinity for, you know, whole or clean eating or what have you, I understand that that could potentially mm-hmm. cost a little bit more. I also have to understand that the age of the kids makes a difference, um, the activities that kids are in and and things like that. So just knowing what the household is up to. If there are glaring red flags, um, that's one of the things that over the years I have gotten a whole lot better at making sure that I let people know, here's the big hairy elephant in the room that we've got to deal with. Um, Because if there were only one thing to change, I want people to understand what that thing is that's really going to make a difference in their finances. So Mm. the budget can be very detailed and it can be very realistic and tailored for that household. But I'm always looking for that one thing that if they only did that, it would transform everything. And so I'm looking for that needle in the haystack. And sometimes it's bigger than you think. But (laughs) um, that's sometimes the thing that will help people really get unstuck if you will right well i mean can you share some examples like like what are some of those red flags what are some of those big uh big old budget busting line items that are just wrecking people's finances well i'll start with some of the little ones that everybody has right now (laughs) so one of those would be subscriptions so i'll have people add up all of their subscriptions i had one family do this a couple of years ago it's about 150 dollars in subscriptions and i thought wow and this is not like cable it's all of the little netflix and hulu and games for the kids and all that Uh added up to 150 they had no idea and so we just go through the process of what's needed and what isn't what do you use which don't you use and they cut it down to like 50 bucks nice amazon is huge amazon all on its own right now is big (laughs) and that is not always 50 bucks or 100 bucks is that something in people will justify it saying well we get diapers and we get groceries or and, and I still think it's important to add up what's happening at Amazon because what it really is, is just convenient. Yes. If you can potentially spend less money elsewhere and all that if you pay attention to that. But a lot of the times, the big glaring flags are a vehicle that's completely out of whack and doesn't make sense. Um, I typically will, you know, the very last thing I would even offer is that the house is too expensive. I I don't typically go there with that unless it's absolutely necessary. But so I'm sure folks feel like you're you're undermining their security. Right, like yeah. this is this is our home. What are you talking about? Yeah, I don't go there unless it's absolutely necessary. But I have had people who are paying for college for their kids, taking it out of their retirement funds. That's a big hairy red flag mm. to me. You know, especially when the kid isn't doing well. 
right? And so there, that's, you know, tens of thousands of dollars potentially Jeez. going down the drain and the kid can get a loan. I don't want them to, but if it's your retirement versus their college, I'm that's picking right. your retirement first. That's yeah, right. yeah, I completely agree with you. It makes me makes me think that everything in life is a trade-off, right? And, yeah. and that's especially the case with our money. So you, that's kind of what you're, you're walking people through too, to a certain extent is, here's the thing, this is what's kind of busting the budget over here. Yeah. And obviously, uh, you, we're gonna have to make some sort of trade-off. Maybe we gotta sell this car and we gotta get into something more affordable. But yeah. how do you talk to people, how do you coach people into thinking through trade-offs with how they spend their money and and kind of the uh, the things that they can be doing with that money instead. Yeah. Well, really, I ask a bunch of questions. It's really, okay, so tell me more about this loan. How long is it? How long have you had it? Tell me about, you know, tell me about the vehicle, right? Like, honestly, for families who have little kids, they need a certain kind of vehicle. They're not going to be able to be in an escort, for instance, right? So, <laughs> yeah. um, so I want to understand. I ask a bunch of questions, and then I'll say things like, how was that serving you? Um, mm-hmm. Is this helpful? Is this necessary? What could you do differently? I want them to open up and share their thoughts. And really, when I look at the overall assessment of their situation, I see their budget, I see their assets, I see their debt. And then if that is the smoking gun, it's really, okay, so if you did this, if you made this one change, here is what's possible. You could get out of debt in this amount of time versus this amount of time, or those dollars could go towards your retirement future, or you could save that for your kid's education. So it's really helping them to see that something else is possible or one of their goals could be achieved even faster if they made this you know, big change, if you will. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, honestly, people say, I'm not willing to make the change now, but if we do A, B, and C, could we get the same effect? And it makes them start thinking about things that they wouldn't have thought of before. Yeah. So that's awesome too. So, yeah. you know, the truth is, I want them to own their decision. And so I really, you know, ask all the questions that are necessary for them to have their own light bulb moment. That's that's so great because when you have the light bulb yourself as opposed to someone telling you what to do, yes. it's so much more impactful and you're more likely to make a different decision moving forward. And when you've also connected that trade-off to this greater goal that you have, you yeah. become so much more excited to make that. You're like, wait a second, this car's holding me back. I didn't even like the car. I didn't realize right. that that was the problem. It wasn't that big of a deal to me. But this other goal, like we wanted that, we want that villa every every summer. Like we want that sweet summer trip. And yeah. so I don't know. It's amazing how when you connect the the trade off to that greater goal, it it just can completely changes the equation. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And they get to own their decision. I really want people to feel like it was their choice versus Erica's prodding and pushing. Mm-hmm. That's the not conception. what I want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because pl- planting the, that's right. planting this kernel, this and then seed they have to discover of themselves. an idea and they, they stumble upon it. It's like, that's wait right. a minute, that was my idea, right? That's right. <laughs> well, I mean, speaking of kind of like mind tricks, you know better than anyone here, like doing this one-on-one work. It's never just a numbers problem here oftentimes. Talk about the, like the dual role that you play in helping people with some of their deeper rooted psychological issues with money alongside the need to provide some of that education, some of that accountability uh, where they might just be you know, missing some of that basic uh, personal finance knowledge. I think yeah. sometimes you might be diving in even deeper than you realize when, mm-hmm. when you're trying as you're kind of unearthing some of these sure. some of these deeper issues. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I will say I'm not a marriage counselor. I will say I'm not um, a therapist, if you will. But but I get into some of the stuff mm-hmm. um, that couples need to understand or that a single person hasn't allowed themselves to to think about. So your money passed, right? So all of the things that you learned as a child coming up in your home of origin and how that is affecting you today. So for instance, I'll just talk about myself. I won't talk about a client, but like my husband and I, like I said, we grew up in single parent households. We both saw financial dysfunction. And you know, I saw feast and famine lifestyle all the time just to make ends meet, as did he. And so I interpreted that in a different way than he did. He really likes to have, you know, he wants to stack cash, stack cash. <laughs> and I'm more of the longer term, I wanna make sure I'm okay in the future because I was always worried that I'd have to take care of my parents. And so 
the way we interpreted our past experience affected how we did life. And the funny thing is, I'm a financial coach and he and I would differ on how much we needed for savings because we had different ways that we interpreted our past. Did you ever and pull that, the card? But I'm a money coach, so yeah. I get to make the decision. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? Sometimes that happens now. <laughs> but I will say like those past experiences affect how we do life today. And a lot of people don't put enough emphasis or give themselves the freedom to sit back and think through how that can, that is showing up in life today. I had a client who had their own realization about how dependent they were on their parents' approval and how they spent their money. Hmm. And, you know, the wife just really started crying and just said, wow, I hadn't seen it that way. I had no idea that I was looking for them to be okay with my money decisions. Hmm. And the husband said, I'm so glad that we had this conversation because this was worth all of the coaching because I didn't know how to reach this point. I had no idea how to get here. And now that he knows, now that they both are aware of what she's allowed, you know, she allowed her parents sort of to interfere in how they, you know, manage their own money. They can, they can work through that, but they weren't, they didn't know that that was, that that was happening. And so those are things that we get into that's beyond the numbers that's, you know, hidden sometimes behind, oh, we just need a budget there's probably more reasons why the budget hasn't worked in the past and we've got to get to some of those root issues in order for you to really be able to stick with the budget too. Wow. I love that. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing all that. I mean, there's a lot of good, beautiful wisdom in there. And actually, you know, uh, you have so much good thoughts, I think, around when it comes to money and relationships and how couples can talk about money well together. Erica, we want to ask you a few questions um, on that topic and we'll get to those right after this. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. That's why you listen to this podcast. And if you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to Nerd Wallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade, lounge access... Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000 plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money joel so we were just recounting our trip to scotland this is the trip that we took this time last year actually with some of our friends over the weekend and one of the highlights from edinburgh was stumbling upon the absolute best meat pie shop. Mm -hmm. They were fresh out of the oven. They had that perfectly flaky crust. But guess what? That serendipitous experience would never have happened if we'd stayed at a boring hotel. We had found the perfect flat in the coolest part of town, thanks to Airbnb. Ah, Matt, I'm still dreaming about those meat pies. You're (laughs) You're making me drool. And while turning to Airbnb might be a no brainer when you're looking to spend some money on travel, it might not be the first thing you think of when you're looking to make some money. Why let it sit empty, your house, when it could be earning extra income, though? It's the financially smart thing to do. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra dough. Yeah, that's right. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. All right, 
right, we're back from the break. We're still talking about money coaching. And Joel, you kind of teased to money and relationships. Erica kind of got into how she's, you know, she plays, uh, <laughs> she gets to pretend to be a, a couples counselor every now and then. Before we kind of talk more about relationship stuff, one of the things you mentioned was that one of the roles that a financial coach can play is accountability, right? Like yeah. they are there keeping you accountable. Is it possible? to get that same benefit by having a friend provide that accountability. What I want to ask here, the, the core of my question is, I want to know the difference between having a friend that's holding you accountable and, and someone like you who's able to provide more of that in-depth, full-service, one-on-one coaching. Yeah. Uh, can you talk about that for a second? Absolutely. I think everybody needs a friend that can hold them accountable. However, most of the time, peop- our friends want us happy. Um, mm. Our friends are very agreeable. And for women, sometimes that is a shopping buddy or someone who is going to say, oh, I understand. Just do it. You deserve it. And men don't say those things, but it is inherent in, hey, let's go hang out with the guys and we're going to do what we do. You know what I mean? Like we all have our ways in which we live and and it's great to have a buddy who's on the journey with you, but they're not going to give you the tough love. They also will not give you, you're, you're not going to be super open and honest with your friend. Let's just be clear. You're not going to say how much you spent on dining out. You are not going to say <laughs> how much that dress costs. You're not going to say how much golfing was with the fellas. You're not. You're going to simply gloss over it because we inherently do not want the worst of us to be seen by everybody. Yeah. With me, you don't have a choice. On that first meeting, I mean, honestly, my clients are paying me to be honest with them because there's not a whole lot of other places where they're going to be honest. They're not going to tell family members. They're not going to tell friends. People are embarrassed, ashamed. There's a lot of emotion around money. They're not, they don't want their friends to know how much they make. Let's just be clear that there's a lot that we aren't sharing. So accountability can only go so far with the people in our circles. One of the things that I really enjoy about being a coach is that I'm pretty anonymous, if you will. And so you're not going to show up at the front door. Exactly. Uh, like, I don't do that anymore. Out. Right. Like, <laughs> I did that in the first couple of years. But the cool thing is that um, I could literally have a neighbor as a client and we might not even know we're neighbors. Right. Mm. And so yeah, um, uh, nobody else knows. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Especially, I think and that's so, the, that's a lot yeah, of it. So the cool thing is like, that's the other thing is I'm asking the hard questions right in the beginning. And once we get the hard stuff done, we can work through everything else. Mm. And I just, you know, really have a system of these are the things that we talk about and this is what you ought to expect. And so in that process is exactly how people really get to understand what this looks like and they get used to being vulnerable and open. And because I'm a prodder, I ask a bunch of questions. Um, they, they've got to get them answered. And I actually, so there have been times when I'm like, I think you need to see a counselor for that. I mm-hmm. think, I think that that's what makes sense here. And pushing them towards getting some actual help from a licensed therapist. Yes, absolutely. Especially from, you know, in marriage, especially if there's any type of emotional challenges that people are having. I've d- I did that just recently um, because I think that people think that if they get the money right, that, all of these other problems will be okay. Like we'll be able to communicate well. No, actually I really need you to have a solid foundation of communication first That's right. because if we start talking about the money, it's just going to uproot quite a bit of things. And if you can't work through those things behind the scenes, that can be challenging. So I know those are things that just a friend probably wouldn't say. That's true. Yeah. 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 Bad money fights, disagreements, how you communicate about money. Like those are all just symptoms yeah. of yep. underlying either health or unhealth. Yeah. That's right. Hey, and you, you mentioned, obviously, you're not a marriage therapist, which, you know, but you have also a lot of wisdom lot of based on, yeah, based on yeah. 20 years plus of marriage, right? And yep. through helping hundreds of clients. So I am curious to, to talk to you a little bit about money and relationships. You uh, talk to us maybe about having productive money conversations. Like, what if a couple keeps having the same fight over and over? Like, the same money issue is kind of at the root of those arguments. How can they progress and get past those, just the recurring, it feels like it's a record on repeat, same thing over and over. How can they maybe move forward past just the same unproductive money fights yeah well first of all any money conversation I encourage people to keep it very short so we are not going to have a 
you know, three hour money summit on our finances on day one. We're not that doing that. That sounds exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and so I think where people tend to go wrong is they say, oh, we're going to get this all together and fix it and blah, blah, blah. And then they wear each other out on day one and they don't even come back to it for a couple of months because it was so tiring. So do yourself a favor and schedule 15 or 20 minutes and talk about one thing. The other thing is, and, and, you know, ground rules for whatever that one thing is and how to, you know, how you want to see it resolved and that kind of thing and have a takeaway. But if you are continuing to have the same fight over and over, what I'm hearing is that one or both of you are not being heard. So somebody Mm. is continually bringing up the same subject because they feel unheard or you keep going back to that mountain that you can't climb because somebody is not heard. And so um, one of the tricks of communication, and this is that, you know, counselor therapist side is repeat what you believe you heard. Hmm. Like, so what I hear you saying is blah, blah, blah. There you go. Or did you mean blah, blah, blah? Is this correct? Blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, the whole point is, why are they saying that? Tell me more about why that's showing up. And and so a lot of times with money matters, we take it so very personally. We've worked really hard for whatever income we're bringing in, or we feel responsible for spending the money or taking care of the household or whatever it is. And so it's very sensitive for a lot of people because it hits at the heart of time that you've put into whatever it is. And so we've got to really listen. And I think we're not really good at that. Um, With social media, the idea that we can fast forward or rewind all (laughs) of our, you know, TV shows and all of that. We don't have to listen to stuff. Yeah. Or the sound bites are so short that it doesn't leave room for real human connection. And so I think that we have to relearn how to do that. But I also think we need to not force either party because usually there's a money nerd and, there, and there's a free spender in this equation. And we don't want the nerd to overwhelm the free spirit by mm. this, you know, three hour long summit, <laughs> 15 or 20 minutes on one topic. Let's understand how we're going to get this one thing done and then move forward. Yeah. And I think if people will take those couple of tips, they'll really it'll really be very helpful. That's so great. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're talking about being financially naked and vulnerable with your yes. partner. Like how else do you, you know, you're talking about focusing 15 minutes, one topic, you're talking about listening. Yeah. Well, are there some other ways that you would encourage couples to get on the same page and work together to make this money progress? Those are some great tips. I would love if you had any more. Yeah. Yeah. So my book is called, you know, <laughs> Naked and Unashamed for a Reason. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important for people to reveal some of the things that have made them feel a certain way, right? So what what have you been ashamed about? What, have, what do you wish you hadn't done? Let's dream together. I think one of the biggest ways that we right. can get on the same page as a couple is to dream. What do you see five or 10 years down the line? Let's not talk about the budget today. Let's talk about what do you see in the future? What would you love to see happen? Is there a business in your heart? What do you, how do you want, you know, what, what does retirement look like? Would you love to see the kids go to college and be able to participate in that? Like, what is it that makes your heart light up and get on the same page there? Let's mm. be a cheerleader for our partner's future. Or let's say, oh my gosh, I had no idea we were on the same page there. We never talked about it. We don't give ourselves the opportunity to think about down the line because we're so worried about the things today. And so I think that that's a really great way to get on the same page um, and to fully understand what each other wants. Yeah. What just a great thing to do as a couple on so many levels, but on a money level too, right? Like just dreaming together. I think sometimes maybe, especially if you've been married for the longer you've been together, sometimes it's harder to retain some of the Mm -hmm. the forward looking momentum and some of the excitement about the future uh, because you're in the day to day, especially if you've got young kids like Matt and I do. It's like life just overwhelms you. And so you have to kind of come back to the table and start dreaming together um, and reminding, reminding each other about what you love about one another, why you're excited to build a life together. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think one of the other things too that I'm learning, I'm talking with some friends, not everybody 
are great dreamers. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think like Kate and I, we are very forward looking and we've talked to some other friends and they kind of absorb information around them in retrospect. And so mm. they're able to live in the moment and see what they need to do now or they're able to kind of look back on their past. And they so, have a hard time looking forward. Yeah, yeah. And so I think it can be difficult sometimes to kind of cast that vision, look ahead, ask that question, what do you want to do in five, 10 years? And so I guess what I want to highlight here is the fact that it might take some work yeah. to sure. do this dreaming. And, and I think there might be a lot of folks out there who are saying, I don't know. <laughs> what are, what are <laughs> yeah. you talking about? What do I want to dream about? Uh, and so for those folks, it might take a little longer than just asking that question, but to actually spend some time thinking about what they want their life to look like. Yeah. Well, and I think there's fun in experimentation. So mm-hmm. it may sure. not be five yeah. years down the line. I'm getting ready to be an empty nester in about three months. Both of my oh, kids wow. are going to be out of the house. And <laughs> my dreaming session is really about who does Erica want to be now? Uh-huh. And what are the hobbies that will be uniquely my own? And what am I going to get out of the house to go do since I don't have high school events or a kid coming home and things like that? And what are me and my husband going to do together. So my dreaming really isn't about retirement. At this point, we feel pretty confident that we're going to be fine. But now, like, it's it's about how are we going to enjoy one another and how are we going to enjoy ourselves, our life that we get to create now that they're yeah. doing their thing. So, I like that. you got to kind of reassess those as different yeah, life stages take hold. Exactly. And you're entering a completely new one. That's right. Absolutely. Well, congratulations to you on that. And since you are, last question for you here, Erica, you have successfully raised kids to the point where they can leave and, you know, not uh, have to hopefully move back into your basement. I guess I want to know, (laughs) I want to know how you involve your kids in money conversations throughout the years. Like, how did that work for you? How do you, how do you um, advise other people to include their children when they're talking about money? Because, I grew up in a household where I heard money arguments. I heard very little in sort of positive money reinforcement. But then there are some people who are maybe too uh, forthright (laughs) with their kids about the finances. So yeah, do you have kind of um, a strategy or a way that you help people think about what it looks like to include their kids in money, money decisions and combos? Yeah, so I think it's really good to make money normal, like normalize the whole conversation all throughout their lives. So age appropriate, obviously, you don't need to tell your two-year-old, oh my gosh, we have this much for retirement, right? Like we're not talking (laughs) that, but make it normal. Um, So for instance, if you're going to get ice cream, it's totally fine to to let the two-year-old hand the $5 bill over, that kind of stuff. It's normal. It's not, and and I think it's, nowadays, we have to be very intentional um, because we don't use cash all the time and so sometimes those Hmm. are the things that are age appropriate that would be great to be intentional Um, as they get older give them more responsibility you know work and reward you know chores and and having them to to learn their own how to manage their own money and things like that and then when they get a, a job I think it's super important for teenagers to get a job I think that balancing act in high school is very valuable and my husband and I we basically said we'll pay half on your car you pay the other half you earn the money to pay the other half and um they both did it and they both have vehicles that they you know my oldest she kept her vehicle for four years through um or six years actually the rest of high school and college and my my youngest is doing the same right now um and so but the biggest conversation that i think parents need to have if you have made money a normal thing to discuss along the way is when they are a sophomore or a junior in high school and you begin to talk about what's next if college is next you really need to let them know what you are willing to do what you are capable of doing in terms of helping them or what it is and or I should say what it is they need to do in order to make their college you know goal a reality it's really hard to have a conversation about hundreds of thousands of dollars if you haven't Hmm. laid that foundation early and then also set the expectation of we we will spend this much on it or we can't help at all or whatever it is be honest because i think that is the biggest impact for the rest of their lives whether or not they're going to have student loan debt or not or what it is that they need to do in order 
for them to be able to go to school for free or do something different. And so I think that's the biggest financial impact. But again, if you've made that foundation along the way, talking about money isn't scary. Um, Tell them about, my kids knew we were getting out of debt. They knew when they were young. Um, They knew what the difference between debt and debit was. Hmm. And, And so those kinds of things are very helpful and build that foundation for yeah. I want to get out of college without debt because my parents didn't do it and my oldest is graduating on Saturday and she's got no debt to speak of and so I think <laughs> it's really important that we you know build that foundation so that you know their biggest opportunity to make a difference in their future does not come with strings attached that's right. Yeah, it is hard to have those those big ticket items when you haven't even talked about the day to day. I love that. That's that's so good. Um, have those conversations. Make money conversations normal. Make money normal. That's what you're trying to do here, Erica. That's what we're doing here with How to Money. We really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all these nuggets of wisdom and just your experience with our listeners. Uh, if folks wanted to learn more about you, what you're up to, uh, your coaching business as well, where should they head? Yeah, so TaylorMadeBudgets.com is the place to find me. I'm on Instagram as well on TaylorMadeBudgets, and I love to interact with people individually on LinkedIn as well. You can find me there, Erica Young. Erica, you're the best. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right, Matt, that was a phenomenal conversation yeah, with so Erica good. Young. So much good information, so much just wisdom, and we covered just a range of topics. We haven't really talked about money coaching to that extent before. No, we haven't. But she made a compelling case for hiring someone who is in your corner who isn't your best friend. So I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to hear from you. What was your big takeaway from this combo? Uh, it was related to that. So around the end is when she was talking about, uh, like like we were asking her about the trade-offs that we make in life and how does she walk someone through the different expenses that they're facing in life. And basically what she was saying and, and, and what she said she does is that she questions everything. Right. And so it's like, okay. And specifically the question she, she brought up was what value is this bringing to your life? Mm-hmm. I think she I, said, how is this serving you? At oh, one point yeah, that yeah. is what, that is Which actually is great. what she said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but by questioning everything like that, I think it puts everything on the table. Like everything it has the potential to be axed. And I think oftentimes, whether we are trying to DIY our own budget or maybe if we're, we're working with a partner, but sometimes there are certain things that we're not willing to even address. But when she steps into the equation, she is asking everything, like you said, how is this serving you? And if you don't have a good answer, then it is worth considering removing that from your life. Mm-hmm. If you're looking to cut your expenses, if you're looking to climb out of debt, uh, that is the, the fastest way to do that. You don't have to dedicate more time to earning more money to pay off that debt. Let's just start slashing some of these expenses. The reason why we always lead uh, lead into our interviews by asking, what is your craft beer equivalent? Because there are things that we spend money on, but there should always be a good reason why it is that we spend money on those things. Mm-hmm. And so I, I love that that's something that she asks. Yeah. But uh, yeah, how about you, man? What was your big takeaway? Okay, so I love when she said that you need to face where you are. And there there yeah. is... The, some, the reality check. Yeah, so instead uh-huh. of being like, I need to lose 20 pounds because I, I think I'm 20 pounds overweight. If you're really 50 pounds overweight, like you need to face the actual fact. You need to face the number on the scale. So so that you can <laughs> then make a decent decision about where you need to go yeah. uh, move from here. Yeah. How, how are you supposed to lose 10 pounds if you don't even have a scale right. or if you're, you refuse to get on it? Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, one of the things that she said is signs that you might need a financial coach is if your debt level hasn't moved, if you're not making any progress, or if you're falling victim to wishful thinking. And I thought those were all really good things to, to help people know when they need outside help. It's like, all right, are you just like, believing it overly optimistically, maybe like I do sometimes on on things not not necessarily money related, I can be overly optimistic about my future. And I love the fact that I'm an optimist, but there are times when I do need to live in reality a little bit more. And so maybe if you're falling victim to that, if you constantly think, well, I'm going to do this, this is going to happen, I'm getting there, but you're not actually getting anywhere, the numbers don't indicate that you're making any progress, that might be, that might indicate <laughs> that you need some sort of financial coach in your life in order to help you uh, make some progress and point out maybe some of those flaws in your thinking or in some of your behavior. So I don't know, I think that's a good call. And I do think a financial coach, sometimes people think I need a financial planner. Well, a financial coach is actually completely different. And probably for Very most different. folks, what they need is a financial coach, yeah. not a financial planner. It's, it's not less- about growing your investments <laughs> to the sky. It's yep. literally about changing some of those Behavior. habits and behaviors uh-huh. and kind of focusing on some of those everyday things. And guess what? Financial coaches are typically 
quite a bit <laughs> less expensive too. A lot more affordable. So I yep. do think financial coaches are one of those things that are underrepresented and 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 probably could help a whole lot more folks. So yeah, for for folks who find themselves, I think, in a position like this, I think a financial coach is is probably a, a really good place to turn. Totally. Yeah. A financial coach can help you to get where I want to be. And I swear we never do this. Like we, we don't often try to coordinate our beers with the topic of the show. We just think about the style of beer we want to enjoy. But literally the name of the beer we're drinking today is Where I Want to Be. This is by Deciduous Brewing Company. Uh, this is a hazy uh, New England style IPA. Joel, what your thoughts? Man, robust hop goodness are the words I wrote down. It was a great middle of the road, hazy IPA, nothing over the top, but nothing underwhelming. It left me just feeling, you know, just happy, like Goldilocks style. The perfect <laughs> temp, the perfect beer right here. I, I loved it. That's right, man. It was just right. Not too hazy, but not too perfectly clear, like a West Coast style <laughs> yeah. IPA. Uh, nice and sweet with some of that hop sharpness going on. A fantastic brewery that we've never heard of before, Deciduous. We'll be sure to check out more beers from them. If you've had some other beers, maybe reach out to us. Let us know what other beers we should be checking out yeah, I think by they, them. We just started getting their stuff here in Atlanta. Yeah. So I saw them on the shelf. I was like, okay, all right, worth a try for sure. And this one at least didn't disappoint. That's right. Yeah. So you can find show notes up on the website at howtomoney.com along with a picture of this beer. And we'll also make sure to link to Erica's book that we mentioned during this episode, as well as her sites. You can find all of that at howtomoney.com. Joel, that's going to be it for today, buddy. Until next time, best friends out. Best friends out. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work.